Welcome once again to another edition of the Brattlecast. Uh, it's an odd way to be doing the Brattlecast these days. Actually, it's quite normal after three or four weeks of this in quarantine due to COVID-19, and we certainly wish everyone good health and recovery. But joining me, Jordan Rich, of course, is Ken Gloss. He's not only of the Brattle Bookstore, he is at the Brattle Bookstore right now. I'm looking at him, and we're recording this on Zoom. Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's it's a very interesting time, and uh, I'm here uh, pretty much on this floor by myself. One of my assistants is shipping a couple of orders, uh, but uh, it's it, I I still get in. I want to keep myself busy to some degree, so I still come in from. Instead of 5.30 in the morning, I come in now at 6 in the morning. <laughs> you sleep instead in. <laughs> of, instead of leaving at 5.30, I leave at 4.30. So I yeah. only work 11 hours instead of 12. You're amazing. Uh, by the way, if the phone rings during the broadcast or the podcast, I should say, it's because you're in the store and people are calling. And I think that's wonderful that you're getting interested folks who still have a, uh, want to keep going with their, their book questions. That's great. Well, some of them are, and some of them are robocalls. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's very interesting how a lot of this is working out. But uh, the main thing for me is just keeping up some semblance, because I think when you get into these times, uh, right. just keeping some uh, reality to everything is uh, it's mm. very helpful and good. And, and I'm surrounded by books. And on this Brattlecast, it couldn't be more appropriate th than what we're going to talk about. Anne Frank, the diary of Anne Frank is known worldwide as a huge seller. But here we are, many of us in our own sort of forced isolation, very much uh, in, in a similar vein to what happened to Anne Frank and millions during World War II for a different reason. So let's explore this. We're going to talk about what rare copies of Anne Frank material. Well, it's, it's actually interesting. My wife, Joyce, actually has a small collection of Anne Frank books. She loves the books. She keeps one on her uh, bedside table and every once in a while reads a chapter. Uh, a number of years ago, and this is sort of what started it all, I got called to one of these storage warehouse places. And the, the main thing I remember about the storage warehouse places, there was about 90 to 100 boxes of books, but they were large boxes. Uh, and a lot of the books were art books. Those boxes were so heavy. They were just myself and the person who helped me move it. We move books every day and this, this was a really tough one. But when we started going through the collection and we paid a, a very good price for it, one of the things that came out was there were a couple of early editions now I'm holding this up to the Zoom screen. That's okay. Uh, but the yeah. first edition of Anne Frank's diary, uh, it was, it's called Exile. It was published in Dutch originally. And uh, this, this is the first edition of it. And uh, I, I had actually got two of them. And my wife liked it and she said, that would be a lot of fun. I'd like to have it. And not only did she have the copy of the book, but she had a box made, a nice leather-bound box to preserve it in, keep it, and uh, protect it. Uh, it's actually a fairly rare book. And, you know, obviously what happened with Anne Frank was tragic. She, you know, during the war, just before 
the Nazis came in, she got a gift for a birthday of a diary. She kept the diary, added to it. They hid in a factory building that her father had was involved with and for years. And if you think a social isolation that we're having mm. was tough, it's almost incomprehensible what was going on then. And, you know, for modern people, can you imagine being isolated completely, not getting out to fresh air at all, but no television, right? no uh, access to other people, no, get, uh, no Zoom? Uh, right, it was, right. must have just been incredibly let, difficult. Let me ask a question about the, the chronology. So we know about her perishing in the camps. We also know that it was post-war uh, when it was published. When exactly did that first edition come out? The first, well, what happened was when, when she was in the factory, in the isolation, she kept a diary and she actually added to it and got papers and scraps. When the Nazis came in, and however they found out about them being hidden there, when they came in, they just grabbed all the people. But some of the people in the factory who had been helping them gathered up all the papers, gathered up the diary, gathered up all the sort of personal things, and decided to keep it so they could give it back to them after the war. Mr. Frank, Otto Frank, survived the camps, and when he got back, uh, into Amsterdam, they, they gave him the uh, diaries. And actually, it wasn't a particularly popular item. Uh, he tried to get it published. Most of the publishers turned him down. Uh, it came out, he got a couple of uh, articles written in newspapers and magazines. And because that, it got wider circulation. And then finally, in 1947, it was published in uh, Dutch. And the Dutch edition came out. Uh, it went. It was fairly popular there. It was actually relatively popular in Europe. Not not terribly so in Great Britain. <laughs> Turns out it was tremendously a bestseller in Japan. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. And then, so 1947 is when it first came out. And then an American edition, which I happen to have. I also got my wife an American edition of it came out in 1952. So it was a, a good time later. Uh, an interesting aspect of the American edition is that um, Eleanor Roosevelt wrote the introduction. By the so, way, the one, you, one you're holding, and again, we're, we're describing it as we always do, has that very famous picture of young Anne Frank on the cover. Yeah. That's the one that I'm familiar with uh, as a school kid growing up as well. Okay. Well, maybe your Dutch wasn't that good that you got the <laughs> Dutch edition. But, Didn't get the Dutch uh, edition. But, uh, now, both of these are very collectible books. I mean, the Dutch edition is, is particularly rare and hard. The one we have is probably worth a few thousand dollars. The if In better, a little bit better condition, they even get up to ten or 15,000. It's very hard, very rare. The American edition, if you have it in a really perfect, beautiful copy, like you say, with the iconic dust jacket. It's probably, again, in the few thousand dollar range. This one has a few nicks to it, so it's less. But it's just such an iconic uh, book. And probably all of the school kids, the young girls, but just it, it's, and you read about it, and it's such a shame 
because she was obviously a good writer. There were a few updated versions of it because there were a little bit of editing in the beginning. And then, of course, one of the things that also keeps it uh, is that uh, you have this version of it, uh, another one that I brought along, uh, the movie. Uh, in 19, 19- Late 50s, right? Yeah, 1950s, uh, I think it's 1957, that, right. or 50, 57. And it was actually uh, a, an actress who was on the cover named Millie Perkins, mm-hmm. who really had a slight career, but never did anything much. But anytime a book that's popular also comes out in a movie, uh, you have the Eleanor Roosevelt introduction, and it sort of perpetuated and keep, keeps going. now. Um, this one, I always remember, again, that photo, uh, and it's the pictures and the idea and the thought and, you know, the tragedy and also how things can almost sneak up on you. I mean, we're in the middle of a health crisis. It's a tragic thing. There, There are definitely people who are dying, unfortunately, but most of us are going to come out of this. Um, in the in the case of Anne Frank, there was always the hope, but it was a tiny, tiny mm. fraction, and it was different uh, people. But you also realize that things can be going along, and you assume they're going to go along, and assume that they're going to keep going. And maybe her family did make plans to get out, escape, uh, but you can sometimes be a little bit short on getting out, getting away during. Uh, the World War II, her family wanted to get out, particularly to the United States. But by that time, uh, the Netherlands and Dutch and that part of Europe were under Nazi control. You couldn't get the paperwork. America wasn't really inviting people in, and there are whole stories about that. But you had the time. Nowadays, with this, this sort of snuck up on us uh, in many ways, the preparedness might or might not have been as good as it can be, but you realize something can happen mm. and all of a sudden the world changes. And, and I think in this, uh, Anne Frank though, she wrote it so well, she was wanting uh, in to be a journalist, to be a writer, uh, she expressed it so well. And you also realize when you're in close quarters like that, how you can grade on each other, how the interpersonal relationships, I mean, they didn't have to keep social distancing of their family or the other family that came in with them or the the few people that were helping. But other than that, they were totally and completely isolated. By the way, there have been many, many stage versions and it's still performed very popular performances through community theater around the world in various languages. It's amazing how it's the book, the, the diary that has spawned, as you say, films more than one and dozens and dozens and dozens of theatrical productions. It's, and it's, it's still taught in schools and read in schools around the world as well. Well, absolutely. And uh, there are many, many, many different editions and versions of the book. Uh, I have another, I didn't bring my wife's whole collection with me, but this is just a nice, there's another photograph on the box this is a nice edition put out by a company called the Polio Society. But one of the nice things about this is uh, it shows other pictures of Anne Frank in the house. Uh, you can also, uh, 
can't find them right away, but there are actually pictures of her house. There's a museum uh, of where, where they were. And when you're collecting books, you, one of the reasons books get collected is that they have a tremendous meaning to people. The people want various editions of them. They want the first edition, but it's a lot of times it's the thought, what goes behind it, the, the memories, the, the how things are produced and, uh, and just, you know, what you should do. And also too, you know, you don't want history to repeat itself. And so, you know, when you read about this, I think that the other thing is that she wrote in such a way so well that young girls in particular, but al almost any younger teenager, if you read this, you can sort of put yourself in the positions that she either was in or was describing, which is why the books are so popular, why they right. remain so popular and why they will be. And, and then you pull these out every once in a while they're a reminder, but they're also a fun collection. And it's a collection that can go on and on and on. If you really, you could put hundreds of editions together. Well, it certainly is a story that resonates today, particularly today with what's going on. Uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful reminder that uh, the human spirit uh, is strong and will endure. Uh, thank you so much. And by the way, we're talking to you from your office, from your upstairs office where you are alone right now, talking to me. Uh, but people can go to the website, brattlebookshop.com and find out all kinds of things and connect with you. You're, you're in the office daily, you know, taking all the precautions, but you're anxious to hear from people if they have questions and thoughts and so forth about books, aren't you? One of the interesting things that I'm finding out now is that when people call, the conversations tend to go longer and longer. Everybody's looking <laughs> for some type of contact. Uh, one of the other things that uh, I will put out there if people listen is I think it would be fun if a people sent in a few uh, pictures of books that they wanted appraised. Uh, and maybe we could, if we got three or four sort of questions on appraisal, maybe, and I picked out some interesting ones, that might make fun for some future podcasts. That's a great idea. Again, brattlebookshop.com. Ken, stay well, and we'll continue to do this, continue to connect with people and bring them the good word. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking and I enjoy the outreach as much as we possibly can. And hopefully uh, when some of these are looked back on, you can say, gee, remember that time and we'll be well past it. <laughs>